0: Heads up, the episode that you're about to listen to was recorded in an environment that we had no control over, so parts of it are a bit noisy. Welcome to a new episode of the African Developers Podcast. My name is Kesir. Today on the show, we are interviewing Kamala Fe Lopez. Tolu is a software engineer at EverPlans in New York. Welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so, how would you introduce yourself?
1: Well, apart from my name, Tolu Lopwekumala Fair, I'm a software developer at Everplans currently. And Everplans is a company that does end of life planning or life planning. And what that means is we help people um, get information about their life in order and um, share different pieces of those information with different people so they have access to it when they need to
0: so you help people plan the end of their lives that sounds very scary
1: we don't necessarily all people plan the end of their life okay we just all people get their affairs in order
0: just in in case yeah just in case
1: of anything it also doesn't need to be an end of life event. What about if your friends and your family need to um, need to get in touch with you, and they can't get in touch with you, and they need some information about you? Mm-hmm. They have a place to actually go and get that um, piece of information. I see. Yeah.
0: Do you think it? Do you think there's a cultural difference? Do you feel like a product like this would work in Nigeria or in West Africa?
1: It's funny that you that you um, asked that actually <laughs> because I think it's a product that we need mm-hmm. in Africa. Definitely. Um, are we going to warm up to the product? That's what I don't know. But it's deli- I feel Africa probably needs this more than you <laughs> guys here. We have a lot of people have like um, homes and uh, houses like in different states but their family don't know about it those things. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a bit helpful, but I'm not sure um, <laughs> at this time that we're going to adopt. The yeah.
0: Football. How did you arrive at this stage? Like, uh, what was your trajectory? <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you want a short or long version? I
0: would prefer the long version. <laughs> oh <my> god. <laughs> I'm sure people, people are interested in the long version because there, there are lots of young people out there listening and wondering how do they get into the software industry and especially as a woman. Uh, your experience might be different from, from most guys out there.
1: I think I would say me um, studying or me being in software development right now is fate. Me studying computer science, by the way, I studied computer science in um, university. Which university me, is that? Um, the, that's uh, Ladoke Akintola University of Technology, it's in Ugo Marshall.
0: Is that part of Lagos or it's a different city?
1: It's in Ocean State. Ocean state okay. But the school is or the um university is actually run by both the Oyo State and both by Oyo State and Ocean State. I see. Okay. So it's a it's a state run university. I see.
0: Okay, so you studied computer science?
1: Yeah, I studied computer science there. But me studying computer science I would say it's just yeah, like a stroke of luck or faith or mistake, whatever you <laughs> wanna call it, because at the like right until I got into university I wanted to study medicine. And mm. um, of course, like if I think back why I wanted to study medicine, I just think because I was pushed in that direction.
0: Yeah, African parents. Yeah, I guess like
1: a <laughs> because like my my mom and the people around me thought I was good like I was a good science student and they felt oh yeah like you're good in like science courses you're good in biology you're good in like chemistry like I mean like, why not do that so like for me too I just thought yeah I'm like one of the smart ones so I should probably do medicine which is like <laughs> nonsense right now when I think back mm-hmm. about it I did the entrance exam into, um, to um, the university before I completed high school. So I was I was in the final year in high school, but I had not written my final exam. Okay. When I did that, And I remember like, my mom just told me, oh, just try it out and see and have a feel for what the exam was like. It wasn't supposed to be anything. So it was just supposed to be my first attempt. So I did that and... My score was okay to get an admission, so I got an admission, but not for medicine. Mm -hmm. So I got an admission to study pure and applied biology. And my mom was just like, yeah, like just go study and you don't want to risk staying at home and do it the next day and for some reason they don't release the result of the center you do the exam from, like now you have the results, so just like go. And she was like, "Yeah, you can switch the course to medicine in your second year, which my um, university allows. I see. They allow you to switch your course in your second year because um, most of the um, most of us we do the same courses in the first year, so it's quite easy to switch at the second year. So um, I did that, and I think by my second year, I already knew I was I wasn't gonna enjoy the medicine. I felt." <laughs> I felt like I was going to be miserable if I had studied that course because I really wanted to enjoy university life and, you know, like, see all the uh, medical students. There was, like, reading, studying, and it's just, like, I don't want to be, I don't want that to be my whole life.
0: It was very stressful.
1: Yeah, in university. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like, I've, I think I also realized that I don't have, like, a personal passion for medicine. So just because everybody expected me to go in that direction. So by my fourth year, um by my second year I realized okay I wasn't gonna do that. But I was still my mom was still kind of telling me to pursue like um changing my course. But I also didn't I also wanted to change my course. I didn't want to study pure and applied biology because I felt it's a very narrow field and I probably would not have a lot of career opportunities. So I was looking, so I I started thinking about which course to do, and one of the things I was thinking about is a course that I can apply in any field, basically. And I decided upon computer science because I feel all I think all industries Mm -hmm. actually need like people you know who um, understand um, technology. So I decided to switch my course from pure and applied biology to computer science.
0: So That
1: was <laughs> how I started computer science. Great,
0: and that's a it's a four year course, right? It's a
1: five-year oh, five year course. So five year. Yeah, all courses in my university is five year.
0: Is that common in Nigeria? Or was it just specifically your university. And so
1: I went to University of Technology, and all University of Technology in Nigeria. Um, they all run for five years. I see. Yes. I did not know so that. So I got a Bachelor of Technology, not Bachelor of Science degree.
0: Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah, I have a Bachelor of Science. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so during those four years, were there any events, any things that sort of confirmed your decision that, okay, this is actually what I want to do?
1: I think I didn't really... Um, get that feeling until my fourth year in school. Because mm-hmm. I remembered my my second year, that's my second year in university, but my first year studying computer science. science. I was so miserable because I, I wasn't able to switch my course until two weeks to the semester exams. Wow. So I was just like I was all over the place like trying to like read what I could just so I don't fail. <laughs> and I remember we did a um, cross Pascal. We we're supposed to write um, do an exam Pascal. Wait, in,
0: in what year did you go to university? Like what in, oh, year? Yeah, 20?
1: Okay. 20? yeah I get admission twenty yeah two thousand six. Oh, I see.
0: And you studied Pascal in two thousand six.
1: 2007, so, yes. Wow. Okay, I did okay. my university. I think they are still doing Pascal. I don't know. Wow. But I think <laughs> so. It's like, oh. God. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because wow. I interviewed uh, Moyolua Adeyemi yeah. and she was telling me she, they did, um, I can't remember the language, but like one of those old languages. Fortran. Fortran that is a language. And yeah. I was quite surprised.
1: Yeah. I just couldn't understand what was going <laughs> on. This was like Greek. Like, someone that's not seen Greek before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> seen Greek. I was just, they would give us like questions about linked list and pointers and i'm just like (sighs) it it didn't make sense to me i think number one because um it was basically theory and our practical is basically us um writing code on paper (laughs) so like there was really no way for me to um visualize how what we're being taught ties into like uh, applications that we use like every day. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me until my. So I thought, man, software development is not for me. I thought <laughs> I was going to go into like um, um, DBM administration. So that was really what I thought I was gonna do. So my fourth year in school, so um in my school our fourth year, yeah we are supposed to do a six month um internship with any company. So you're supposed to leave the school for six months mm-hmm. and just find opportunities to intern. So um I did that and I found myself in a publishing company. Interesting. Like the reason I was able to get um, the publishing company, my, one of my uncles worked there and I was looking for a company and I didn't want to go like far away from home because and I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to be close to home so I don't have to like um, spend a lot of money. And um, so he helped me, like he um, told his boss, oh, I have a sister and she needs this opportunity. But they said they were going to put me in his department mm. and it was an accounting department. So for like the first one and a half months, I was in the um, accounting uh, unit. I was um, doing um, invoicing and all that. I was so bored. Were you,
0: were you, you're not building software, you were doing accounting stuff, actual accounting?
1: Um... I was so I was in their um, invoicing unit. Okay. Basically, people come and um, buy books, and then we create the invoice for them. Then send it over to um to the store where mm-hmm. they really pick up their books. Basically, so I was in that unit, and it was just like rote. Like I was doing it by rote because it was not challenging and like most of the times i'll just be in the um office just reading a book or something because i really wanted to engage myself um so um every day i go to the office with my uncle and then he takes me back home because we live not we don't live far away from each other so um he leaves the office late but my unit closes early Mm -hmm. so i have to wait for him in the lobby because they would lock the office. So every time I lock um I am um, waiting in the lobby, and I know like you no know, staff will always pass and I'll just say, Hi, how's your day? and all that. And there's this white guy, like he, um, I didn't know he, he worked there. So anytime I see him like normal, like any other person that comes to the lobby and they go I would just say, Oh, have a good night and all. So um that day it was just like are you waiting for one of your parents? I think the reason why he asked me that questions, I look very young. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably thought I was in high school or something. I was just waiting for my, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: for one of my parents. I was like, no, I work here. I'm, uh, I'm doing this program here. I was like, oh, huh, interesting. Which course did you study? And I was computer science. I was like, oh, do you know any programming language? Fortunately, before I left school, that he had started learning Visual Basic on oh my own. So I wasn't really like good, but I had like, I've done some things with Visual Basic. So when he said, that, I was like, yeah, I use Visual Basic. And I was like, oh, interesting. I I run the software unit of the company. Wow. And I remembered my uncle had told me that, oh, like the man that runs the software unit, he doesn't like him. And it's going to be very hard, like nobody, like people are kind of scared of him and it's going to be hard for him to, um, to, um, help me get into that unit. So when he was like, um, oh, you do visual music? I was like, yeah, I do visual music. He was like, that's what we use. We use visual basic for applications. So VBA.
0: What are the chances? <laughs> I mean,
1: so it was like, oh, why don't you come over on Monday and one of my assistants going to do a test for you. If you scale through, then yeah, you can complete your program in the department. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went for the test and then yeah, I ended up in the department. So I spent like four and a half months in that department. I think that was when I really um, could connect or could see the... Um, Importance of software development to um, to the real world basically because they had um an uh, application so this was a school um operations application that that was their main product. I see. Um, yeah, I offer like support. We try to um if any school if they need like some um features we just kind of um, build that feature for them. So yeah, that was when I really like understood like, okay, this is what software development was. I didn't work, eventually I didn't really work closely with the white guy, but I worked with like one one of the uh, other person in the department who was like their major developer. So I was working, she was a woman, so I was working with her closely. I think the fact that she was a woman also kind of gingered me inspired me, basically. Say, oh, yeah, this is something I could like. I always felt... This thing was very hard, but I was like, okay, when I go back to school now, I think I'm going to really like look into this, you know, and start teaching myself nice. software development. So when I went back to school, of course we are like panaya Project, I was busy with that. I couldn't really do a lot of programming. Then one other thing happened before um, I left to So, so um, the, the um, fourth year program is always in the um, um, second semester. So in the first uh, semester, were given a software development project to do by that time like i i mean i just like basic very busy I and mean, we're supposed to build a project so one of my friends who like had been doing programming before he even came to university was like everybody used to give him their projects basically and i remember i told him oh just come and teach me how to do this and i was like oh i don't have time and it was like yeah i'm gonna do it for you i don't have money I, I told him i don't have money to pay it was like oh i'm just i'm gonna do it for you anyway then came the day for us to summon the project and like the weekend the weekend before i had gone to the guy's place like saw what it was and tried because i had to write um report on the project so i wrote the report on the project and it was just like oh i'm gonna come to school like on the day we're gonna submit, and i'm just gonna give you like the the disc where the project is and then came the day they we were supposed to saw me and this guy was nowhere to be found wow. and i was calling him was not picking up the phone like i was really pissed at myself like i was really crying like if i knew this like i would not be in this position and i think i just like made up my mind that i wasn't gonna put myself in that position anymore um, I didn't blame the guy because we are still close friends till today. But I just felt like I—it was my fault basically. I put myself in that position, so everything just kind of like um, came to end. Like when I found myself sorted the um, development unit, it was just like okay, this is exactly what I need at this point, you know. So when I went back to school, I was still like doing a little bit of programming, but not a lot. But immediately I finished university. Um, we have to go to um, serve like, um, NYAC. yeah, yeah, NYC, and I was posted to a school to teach. I mean, I studied computer science, why would they post me to a school
0: to teach? <laughs> so <laughs> so NYC for for people who don't know yeah. is a national service. Yeah, national. So service after university, everybody has to yeah, I heard serve for a year for a year, okay, yeah.
1: And basically, it's like a way of giving birth back, um, back to the, to the government, yeah, <laughs> to, to, the, to the country. But um, it doesn't really, um, it doesn't really up a lot of people because most of the time people are posted to places where they can't gain um, skills that will up them in their um, so, yeah, so if, if, their if you study computer
0: science, for example, it's unlikely that they will post you somewhere where you would be writing code. You probably like it, it
1: is unlikely, except if where they post it to you, um, if they post you to any other place, and the people reject your application, then they place the onus on you to go find another company where you, where you reserve, but if you don't do that, then yeah, you end up stuck in a school. So for me, I was posted to a school, and the um, principal of the school was like, "Yeah, like you guys welcome." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't welcome. I need a favor. Like I really need to gain like job-ready skills that are gonna help me." Like, I don't want to teach. I want to be a software developer. Because at that time, I would already, th- already started thinking about software development. So I was like, I need a place where I'm going to gain skills that would actually help me like, to find like a software development job. that. So I spoke with her, and she reasoned with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, I basically had to find... So she still said, oh... On paper you are basically serving in this school, but you don't need to come in all the time. When when I need you to be around, then I'm gonna give you a call wow. and then you have to be around. So um and we are served like it was away from home, a different state, so I mm-hmm. had to get an accommodation. The school did not provide an accommodation. Wow. And um the school also does not pay us so we're only um depending on the federal um, allowance that's the allowance from the government, which was nineteen thousand eight hundred naira at that time. <laughs> like it's like a very, very small amount of money, but I had to get like a place and accommodation. If I was gonna come to school, I have to pay you no know, transport fare and all that. So I was trying to like, figure out like what I was gonna do. Uh, unfortunately like in that state they don't have like a lot of software development firms I de- I didn't even know any so um I so I was working one day and then I found an IT um, Institute so I walked in and I was like oh do you offer or do you teach programming courses and they're like yeah we teach C sharp so I was like okay yeah I want to do C sharp like how much does it cost Like one hundred and fifty thousand naira. Oh my god. That
0: is a lot of money. Yeah, I'm
1: earning nineteen thousand eight hundred. How am I gonna pay for that? I thought I'm broke, I I can't afford that. So I was like, man, there has to be something I can do. Okay, so I told him, let me see all your other courses. So I saw I was like, wait, I saw the computer science. I can teach like five of these courses. So here's what we'll do. I'm gonna teach I'm gonna join your staff, I'm gonna teach discourses and instead of you paying me salary, I'm gonna do the course the <laughs> C sharp course. So I did that for about eight months in wow. yeah, the service. <laughs> so that was how I learned C sharp, basically.
0: Impressive. <laughs> yeah. So what happened what happened after your service?
1: Um so after I was applying to like a lot of like companies and I think I didn't really have an, a lot of experience. So most companies want like they really wanted to uh, build an app. Like even though I was doing C sharp, like no, when you learn programming in a kind of um, institute, you don't really get to build uh, projects or yeah. applications. You don't have a you solve either. um algorithms basically. So the problem solving part is okay. You do the algorithm that was basically it. So there was that. I wasn't able to connect. Me being able to solve um, algorithmic problem with translating that knowledge to building an application, so I kept, that was where I was stuck. And um, so while I was applying for jobs and then waiting you know, for something to click, I was um, teaching like um, young pupils maths, English, just to make a little bit of money, and then also I started like a club. Um, a reading club for the kids Um, in my, um, what do they call it, community basically, some okay. of the kids uh, okay. in my community because I really loved reading and <laughs> I don't like when someone tells me, oh, I, I can't read this book, so yeah, I decided to help them cultivate that reading habit. So while doing that, I heard about this company on Twitter, like, oh, it's a new company, and we are basically looking for bright people, and we're gonna train them in software development. And if they do well in two weeks, we are gonna take like the top 25 people, and then once um, we, we hire the top 25 people and then continue training them, and then once they're done, find companies for them to work with. I was like, this is too good to be <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. So like I saw this, I was like, okay, this is the company. Let me go look for like information about this company. I found nothing. The only thing I found was a um, chat room where I think a lot of people that also applied were also finding, like looking for information. So we are all in that group and we saying like, what is this company? And we just kind of encourage ourselves. Okay, we go check it out. And um, when we applied, we were supposed to um, choose dates. Like in a week, you we were just to any slot across the week that worked for you. So we told everyone, oh, if you go there and it's a scam, you have to come tell us. So <laughs> for those of us that our, our days are like um, later in the week, just let us know so we don't waste money because i had to travel down to lagos i wasn't living in lagos mm-hmm. so yeah like i went for the interview and then like, it was okay and then we got the um, we were invited for the boot camp just for two weeks and at the end of the two weeks like we were um to be part of the top People in the boot camp. So I was hired, and that company was Andela.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that was our like I a famous, Andela. famous
0: Andela. Yeah. Were you part of the first batch? Of I was people? part of the
1: second batch. Second batch, I see. Yeah. Okay. But the first batch was just a month before. I see. set. Okay.
0: So tell me more about your experience at Andela. What did you work on? Uh, how did it go? And how do you think that uh, experience transformed you into the software engineer that you are today? Yeah.
1: I would say Anbella was a great experience for me. Like it was like it opened my eyes to a lot of things that I didn't know. So it was able to um, bridge a lot of gaps for me. Like I said, I couldn't really understand um, how to connect the problem-solving skills that I built. to Building real life application. And within two weeks of that bootcamp, mm-hmm. I was able to build an application for the first time in my life wow. that worked. <laughs> and that was the first time I heard about JavaScript or Ruby on Rails. Mm-hmm. Like basically I knew about um, VP, C, and Java. I was one of those foot that thought like JavaScript and Java were like almost <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> But like that week I was introduced to um, JavaScript and the second week I was introduced to Ruby on Rails and I had to build a project with Ruby on Rails, learn it within two days and build a a project. (laughs) So like that was like a great experience for me. I remember thinking that I felt like I wasted five years in university because I've learned more in two weeks than in five years in university. You know, so it was a really great experience for me then like when I got in like I think one of the things I really enjoyed was I got to work with some of the most brilliant people in the world in Africa and working with these people even if you probably feel oh um, this is too hard for me when you see other people doing it and it works you are inspired, to so also give it your best. So, like, that for me was, like, a really, really great um, opportunity. Also, like, I had a lot of opportunities at Amdala. I did a lot of press um, <laughs> conferences, interviews, and I think, like, that, that really helped me out. So, it's also it also made my immigration to U.S. easy of that. We're going to come to that <laughs> <Yeah>. soon. <laughs> so like it's opened me to a lot of opportunities, met amazing people. Like some of the closest friends I have right now, I've met them through Andela. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm, I'm wondering, how exactly does Andela work? Is it like a classroom where they teach you stuff or they give you a project to work on or they place you in a company and then you have to work with real world, like you have to solve real world problems?
1: Yeah, Um. so they... The training period is not like a classroom training period. It's basically uh, you're given a project to solve or, or an application to build, and you're told, "Oh, this is a um, language, programming language, and um, framework you're gonna use." Now, these are like the um, things that you need to know. Go study like these materials and then apply it and then when you need uh, or if you don't understand something you always have people that you can ask and say oh yeah i don't understand what's like (laughs) i need to like um to um, upload something which library like how do i do it and they say oh yeah this is how you can do it, you know like they just um, guide you basically but nobody is teaching you anything, mm-hmm. nobody's phone feeds you, I see. so they just kind of guide you like on how to learn. So I think one, that's also one of the things I learned at Andela, how to learn, which is like a great skill, like it's not only um, applicable to software development, I apply that skill to every area of my life currently. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And at what point were you placed in a company, in an external company where mm-hmm. you were working on real world problems? I
1: was placed, I think in my tenth month. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I was placed in my tenth month. At that time, I had probably worked on five projects. So um, personal projects mm-hmm. and also um, we had group um, projects. So we we're, um, were grouped. And then you have to work with your team to build an application. so it was um, it was basically like um, they simulated are you gonna work with a team if you're working with a friend so you understand how to work with a team and you know agile processes and yeah. all that. yeah so um, I got placed. Or attached to a partner um, in my tenth month, and that partner is actually Everplans. Wow! So you, <laughs> yeah. you've
0: been with the same company since your tenth month in Andela. Yeah. Until what? This is like four years later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you were working for Everplans from Lagos in Nigeria.
1: Yes.
0: For almost four years. For
1: about three. Three. three okay.
0: And a half a so at what point did you decide that you wanted to move from Lagos to New York? So we're actually recording this episode from the Everplant office in New York. So yeah, how did you decide you wanted to move and then how did that whole process go?
1: Um, so I don't know if you know about it, but under the last um, fellowship, a four-year fellowship, mm-hmm. so I completed the four-year fellowship before I left.
0: Okay. So after the four years, you're sort of free? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could
1: decide to um stay back and continue to work with Andela. as a senior. Yeah, uh, as a um senior developer, mm-hmm. or you could decide to go do something else. So uh, even before like my um, before I finished the, the fellowship, I started thinking about what I wanted to do, and I just realized I think like I really wanted to leave Nigeria because I felt... Um, like i was expending a lot of mental energy thinking about things i should not be thinking about like <laughs> in nigeria like <laughs> after every time i walk from home i basically am um, stressed about um internet because oh. we could like cut off anytime so you, i have like three different like um, isps basically
0: yeah, in case one goes yeah, off. Yeah, in case one try the other goes one.
1: off. And then um, electricity too is unstable. So there are just like, a lot of things that you should not be like worrying about. And of course, every other thing in the society, like you go to work, you're wondering, okay, would I be stopped by a police officer today or not? <laughs> And then for me, I just really also wanted to um, interact, Just wanted to go out of my comfort zone and see how, uh, you know, no, people outside Nigeria approach problems. Like we are not known for our, our um, technological um, strengths, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like if you really want to be the best, you have to work with the best. You have to interact with the best. Yeah. So yeah, those are like where, like some of the things I th- I was thinking about, and I. Made up my mind that I, I'm gonna look for opportunities that are gonna help me like leave Nigeria. Okay. Yeah.
0: And uh, how did that conversation go with your family? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um, I was, I didn't actually like think I was gonna stay back at, like, uh, I was still gonna be working for Everplant. But like, I think a year before I completed the, uh, the fellowship, they already made me an offer. Wow. <laughs> before I even started looking for any job mm-hmm. so they made me an offer so I had that so I told them oh yeah um, make me an offer I can't refuse like <laughs> you know so they, they came with an offer and I was like okay um, I'm also gonna look at every other thing that's out there and compare and see like which yeah. I want yeah so I did that so when I got the offer then I thought like when I got the offer I just told my mom and my siblings, so mm-hmm. I got the offer. And that was it. I didn't tell them anything. So I just told them I was still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really ask them for it. I just <laughs> informed them yeah. I got the offer. So when I made up my mind to accept the offer, I actually accepted the offer. And then after I accepted the offer, I told them, oh yeah, by the way, I accepted the offer. So I'm going to be moving from Nigeria in the next like one year. So I accepted the offer like a year before. Mm-hmm. before
0: you working, were you working psychology. remotely?
1: No, no, no. So I accepted the offer.
0: And you were still working yeah, with the And I an was Andela. working
1: with Andela. Okay. Okay. So the offer was, Oh, when I complete the fellowship, mm-hmm. then I come resume here. Mm-hmm. So that was the offer. I see. So yeah, I already accepted the offer and I just told my mom, yeah, by the way, just informing you guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I accepted the offer like i didn't really ask for their advice and know uh, maybe that's bad i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i just I, felt um yeah. they were specific. so basically none of my siblings said so none of my siblings are into technology okay they don't understand software development my mom is a teacher so i felt there's really no advice they were going to give me about my career like yes. i had like a lot of people at andela like, actually reached out to, to ask for their advice because mm-hmm. i knew they knew a lot about that field so yeah i didn't make the decision in a pod like isolated by just saying like um yeah <laughs> at my family I, I had
0: i had the same situation yeah. i don't told my parents i'm moving out of ghana <laughs> and they were like, okay, you know what you're doing We don't know much about your industry, so we can't advise you So we trust that you're making the right decision for you And then that was it So where did you move to? Uh, I moved from Ghana to Estonia ah,
1: yeah, Wow, got, that's like out of the way I
0: know I, was, um, I met someone at my hotel yesterday And they were asking me, like, where do you live? And I said, Estonia They were like, most of your friends are in France uh, oh, Or Germany, Germany you know? What are you doing in Estonia? <laughs> Basically, I, I got a very good job offer and yeah i just took it i was looking for new opportunities exploring the world and i was like i basically woke up one day i was like I don't have children I don't have a family (laughs) this is the best time for me to travel (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I mean like
1: that's true like I remember like when I was thinking about like moving like a lot of my friends were saying oh like you should start dating Mm -hmm. because like I broke up with the with the person I was dating and we're like yeah I should start dating again I was like you know what I'm gonna move from Nigeria like in the next seven months I really don't want to start thinking about someone else's yep. feelings <laughs> while thinking about this decision I want to make. Yeah,
0: it makes, so, it makes yeah, things you know. easier. <laughs> yeah.
1: So just like, no, cool. <laughs> just me.
0: <laughs> so what was the, the relocation process like for you? Um, did your company help you move? Did you have to go through a lot of administrative uh, issues?
1: Yeah, I love Everplans. Like, It's they're amazing basically. They made the process easy for me. They hired a lawyer. Wow.
0: And
1: (laughs) the only thing I really needed to do was gather um documents. documents. Yeah, all the documents in there. Then send it to the lawyer. They vet it, you know, um, give me feedback on the things I need to change, more documents I need to bring together. They actually advise me on the kind of work visa I should go for. I mean, like most people they think about H one B, like for US, um, visa the major thing they think about is H1B and that was what I thought I was gonna so the lawyer was like oh you you can you can do the O1 visa I was like what is O1 visa
0: I've never heard of it
1: and they're like oh yeah like it's basically for people with extraordinary abilities Mm -hmm. now (laughs) I mean now you just have to prove that your skills are extraordinary and they felt oh because of my press and media presence Like I had a good chance Mm -hmm.
0: of of getting that. (laughs) You're you're one of those people who can be like, look me up. (laughs) Yeah, me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Yeah, wonderful, cool. So I'm gonna ask you a set of questions that I ask all my guests. Okay. Uh, what are some of the technologies that technology trends that you've discovered recently and that you're excited about?
1: So I'm one of the people that. I don't really like get on uh, or get moved by fads, mm-hmm. and I get on like the train or the latest technology. Yeah, cryptocurrency. Yeah, I need to go <laughs> learn cryptocurrency. I'm not like that person. Um, I, I'm a soft. I'm a web developer, and I'm basically looking to be an expert web developer. Okay. So technologies that I'm really interested in are web technologies. Okay and then yeah for cryptocurrency i kind of looked into it and see oh like what are some of the things you can actually build with um blockchain not really cryptocurrency i was really interested in blockchain and how blockchain could be applied to you know um, web development so yeah i did look into um, blockchain um machine learning like um i thought i think Machine learning is something I'm living for the future. <laughs> right now, I just like really want to be good at um, to be a good web developer. Mm-hmm. And then once I know okay I'm an expert, then start looking, um, looking actively into machine learning. Like some of these things, I play with them, but mm-hmm. just like to have a feel of it. I'm yeah. not like actively doing machine learning currently. Yeah.
0: i Cool. So you just moved to New York.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you do for fun when you're not writing code? How do you spend your free time?
1: Ah man, I play football.
0: <laughs> wow. You play soccer. You're in America now?
1: No, I'm not I'm in America but I'm not an American.
0: Fair, that's a fair point. <laughs> okay, you play so, football. Is it a mixed team or is it a woman's team?
1: I, I really play football like with uh, like anywhere I can play. Mm-hmm. So I actually joined a team recently here. It's an all-female team. I see. But even back like at home, like in Lagos, I play with um, my colleagues at work at <laughs> Andela. So I play with them. Uh, I love listening to music.
0: What What's your genre or who are your favorite artists?
1: I, d- I don't have like a favorite genre. You know? I, I have like artists I love. Yeah. I, um, I love Asha,
0: I um, Yeah, the Nigerian. Okay. I love <laughs> Brimo. Oh, I love Brimo too.
1: I love John Belion, and sometimes yeah, I listen to hip hop. I think my taste in music varies on my mood. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I want like high energy, I'm like, yeah, hip hop. <laughs> yeah, I think like a lot of people at work probably think I'm crazy because I'm always in my headset, mm-hmm. and sometimes like, I just stand up from my desk while working, and I'm just like I'm this. Moving. just like grooving. <laughs>
0: Nice. We mentioned the stuff that you do when you're not coding. You yeah. play football, but then aside that, what are some of the other things that you do to maintain a healthy work-life balance?
1: Um, currently, what I do, like, I ugly write code over the weekend.
0: That's a good habit, actually. <laughs> I remember
1: like my first like two years programming. Like my weekends were on my own. I had no life outside work. But right now, I'm just. I've worked Monday to Friday. I want to do something else over the weekend, and that's a big part of why I don't attend. Like um. Meetups. I don't attend like a lot of meetups because my weekend I want to focus on something. I want to go learn salsa. I want to paint. You yeah. know, I want to something else different from what I do Monday to Friday. So um, I don't like work over the weekend. I also try not to work overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, why code. once I leave the office, That's I it. leave my work in <laughs> the office until the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm really like trying to do that now and. Since I moved there, I realized that a lot of companies actually like, apart from like um, small companies where they have like um, time crunch and they have like deadlines to meet, most of the times like when you leave work, you're expected to leave work. Nobody expects you to work. Or um, respond to emails, messages after, after work. After work. <laughs> and nobody's gonna like blame you. It's not gonna affect your reviews. You know, like that was just like really awesome. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't work. Once I leave work, work is work. <laughs> I go home and do something else. Like, do well, personal development. Yes, like we like do online courses and all that. But work. It's, it's left at work. So, like, those are, like, some of the things I do to um, help me with work-life balance. Also, when I feel like um, I'm really stre- I'm stressed at work and I'm trying to, like, figure out um, a problem and it's like I'm blocked, I just leave it and my escape at that time is like music I Mm -hmm. just like sit and just listen to music and I'm not doing any other thing I'm not doing anything or I start sketching you know (laughs) so something that just like okay takes my mind of that problem for a while and then back but even though I don't like um, take work home I'm also a kind of person that my brain does not sleep if there's a problem that I'm trying to figure out and I go home it, um, even though I don't think about it for like three hours or hours before bed, I realize that when I sleep,
0: <laughs> the solution magically appears. Yeah, like
1: it's like my brain is like working over time to just figure out the solution, and then I know, like I can actually see them thinking like. It's as if you're dreaming about the solution to a problem. So I know my brain is working. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, yeah, that is the solution to the problem. Yeah. Cool.
0: So is there anything that you're working on uh, that you would like to share with the community? I
1: haven't written any articles recently. Mm -hmm. I should do more of that. I've just been very lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I've been very lazy and... um, but right now, I'm really um, interested in um, managing teams. Oh. How to um, manage teams? Cause I realize being a good software developer, it's it's beyond writing code or being able to solve problems. Mm-hmm. It's about how you can work with um, other developers, how you can also help other developers on your team grow as software developers. Um, so I'm really like, I'm reading like a lot of, um, books, a lot of articles about how to, um, build a closely knit, um, team, how to build teams where everybody trusts each other mm-hmm. and where all developers, regardless of if they're junior developers or senior developers, they are confident. And, um, a big, a big part of doing that is, um, go, um, it comes up in, um, code um, reviews when you review code, the way you review code.
0: And like, I think a
1: lot of developers don't understand that the way they review code can either um lead to an increase in confidence or decrease in confidence of the developer you are doing code reviews for um, for. And I've like seen this trend like a lot of times. people say, Oh this developer, like why is he still junior? And I'm like well, it's your fault because you basically make the person feel like they are not good enough. You criticize everything they do. Now, every time they want to push out the code, they doubt themselves. When developers start to doubt themselves, it's not a good thing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm really like interested in that. You no, know, um, you know, how to manage a team, mm-hmm. also how to interrupt with um product, how to um convert um business um. Needs into um into products and then tasks that developers can be so that's what I'm actively looking at. I'm also looking, um, I'm looking for people I can actually start a community, yeah. Um, black girls in tech, you know, like I know, like we have like black girls code, but that's really for young girls, Mm -hmm. like I want, like, um women in tech like different aspects of tech where they can come together you know and rock minds you know talk about what they face at mm-hmm. work the problems and challenges you know yeah so i'm i'm, I'm really interested in like finding like people who i can actually build that with or if it exists already mm-hmm. how i can be a part of that awesome yeah.
0: cool so i think we've reached the, the end of this interview uh, I want to thank you and your company, Everplans, for hosting me in your lovely office.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for giving me this platform to share my story.
0: <laughs> Great. This was another episode of the African Developers Podcast. If you enjoyed it and would like to hear more, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. We are available on Google Podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Cast and every other podcasting app out there for any feedback or comment you can reach us on twitter at afrodevpodcast